0: We are so excited to announce that our book, Moving to Colorado, is available for purchase on Amazon. If you are thinking of moving to Colorado or know someone who is, this book is the perfect resource. You will find answers to questions like what are the best neighborhoods, what are the best jobs available, and what is the average cost of living. Moving to Colorado should be fun and exciting, not stressful and full of unknowns. Use this book as a blueprint for a broad range of information about housing, neighborhoods, culture, lifestyle, taxes, employment, and even the weather. It's complete with research, details, and personal experience from both a newcomer and native's perspectives. Moving to Colorado, a guide for what it costs and where to live on the front range will help you reduce the unknowns so you can plan your move with ease. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com book to get your copy on Amazon.
1: Did you know that the second largest mountain range in Colorado after the San Juan Mountains is the Front Range? The Front Range acts as an eastern gateway to the Rockies with many 14ers and has many dramatic views. This range can be seen from Colorado's most populated towns like Pueblo, Colorado Springs, Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins. Also a large bulk of the Rocky Mountain National Park comprises of the Front Range. And I also like to imagine that the settlers who were moving across the Great Plains were like, oh, this is super easy. This is no problem. And then they got to the Rocky Mountains and they are like, we're done. We're calling it quits. And that's how Denver was formed. I'm Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native.
0: I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newcomer. And we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado.
1: And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we share accessible adventures to help you explore like a local.
0: In this episode, we're sharing some of Colorado's most famous mountains and mountain ranges. As a newcomer to the state, I personally did not realize that there were so many famous mountains here. I mean, obviously, I knew Colorado had mountains, but not this many and not such cool ones, especially because each one of them is super unique and has certain features that make them really special. So let's dive in with the first question, how many mountains are in Colorado?
1: Well, first off, what constitutes a mountain? According to the dictionary, a mountain is a natural elevation of the Earth's surface, rising more or less abruptly from the surrounding level and attaining an altitude which, relatively to the adjacent elevation, is impressive or notable. Also, many agree that the mountain must rise 2,000 feet above the surrounding area. Uh, And also, the term mountain can be kind of like a local thing. For example, in uh, Florida, there is Sugarloaf Mountain, which is only 312 feet above sea level. And uh, here in Colorado, we might refer to that as a mound.
0: (laughs) Um, A hill. Not even.
1: (laughs) Perhaps a dune. We call the Cascades Hills.
0: In order for a mountain to be a 14er, it must meet the 300-foot rule. So this rule basically means that for a peak to be considered a standalone peak and not a sub-peak of another mountain, it has to have a prominence of 300 feet or more. So meaning like have space away from another peak. And it can't be a long straight ridge that is 14,000 feet up there. There are actually between 52 and 74 mountains in Colorado that are considered 14ers. It depends on who you talk to. Um, 14ers are mountains that are more than 14,000 feet high. So we're going to be saying that a lot throughout this episode. According to the official U.S. Geological Survey, there are 59 points that are recognized as reaching an elevation of 14,000 feet or higher. So I guess you could say there's about 59 14ers in Colorado. This includes a peak called Sunlight Spire, which reaches exactly 14,000 feet and requires a technical class five climbing to be able to reach the summit. This is the only 14,000 foot summit in Colorado that does not have an easier class four option to reach the top.
1: When you say Sunlight Spire, it makes me think that there's a mountain with like a tower on top Mm -hmm. that you have to climb to actually reach that point. So I guess that technically does, but does that count as a peak because it's just a spire? I don't know. this is this is all murky area.
0: Well, this peak in particular used to be 13,995 feet tall and then they changed the way they classified altitude or they measured altitude. so now it is exactly 14k. Hmm. So it has some controversial history, I guess. Other fun facts are that there are over 1,000 mountains in Colorado that are between 12,000 and 13,000 feet high and more 10,000 foot plus mountains than we can even count. So in total, I was researching this and there are between 4,400 and 5,000 peaks in Colorado.
1: And you know, it's funny, like I bet you each of them have a name or at some point had a name, but they're just like lost in time. Like there's one mountain here in Colorado Springs that... For some reason, as a kid, I named it Bear Mountain because it looks, instead of like a a wolf howling at the moon, it looks like a bear howling at the moon. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So I always called it Bear Mountain. I very much doubt it is called Bear Mountain. No,
0: probably not. No. For the sake of this podcast, we're definitely focusing on the most notable 14ers or the most famous mountains and mountain ranges. Basically, the ones that we have on our bucket list or suggest that you add to yours.
1: So what are some famous Colorado mountains, a.k.a. kind of probably the ones that are the most photographed, and what are they known for? At number one is Pike's Peak. It's one of the most famous and most recognizable, and it's number one on our list because it's right outside of our door. We can see it pretty much every single day. Mm -hmm. Also known as America's Mountain because it was the inspiration behind America the Beautiful Anthem, you know, the whole purple, purple,
0: purple mountain majesty. Yeah, that
1: one. It sits at a whopping 14,115 feet tall, so it is indeed considered a 14er. And Zebulon Pike, by the way, Zebulon, what a name, was the first explorer who documented his climb of Pikes Peak, although he never did make it to the top, and he also predicted that nobody would ever make it to the top.
0: And now we're at the top pretty much every day. Yeah,
1: it's a paved road and everything. (laughs) Pikes Peak is located off Highway 24, just west of Colorado Springs, and it can be seen from Colorado Springs... Manitou Springs Woodland Park, and it is also one of the three peaks you can see from Denver, including Mount Evans and Longs Peak.
0: You can bike or hike up and down the mountain trails, or access the peak via a car, but it is a super windy and narrow road. Um, you may also be required to take the complimentary shuttle up during busy summer months due to the limited parking at the top of the peak.
1: And don't try to get there in the winter. It's very, very likely going to be closed. hmm Uh, There's also the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, a.k.a. the Race to the Clouds. It's an automobile and motorcycle race to the top of the mountain. It started in 1916, and the track measures 12.5 miles and has over 156 turns, climbing 4,700 feet at the start of mile number 7 on the road up on the Pikes Peak Highway, to the finish at the summit of 14,000 feet.
0: 156 turns. And 12 and a half miles, that sounds crazy. I like
1: to imagine that they hire the race car drivers as the shuttle drivers. Yeah. You know, (laughs) they got like a guy in the shuttle with like an asthmatic patient in the back and he's like drifting around the corners in the shuttle, (laughs) screeching tires.
0: At number two, we have the Maroon Bells. The Maroon Bells are actually sister mountains and they're said to be the most photographed peaks in the Rocky Mountains. Um, If you ever see a generic picture of Colorado Mountains, it's most likely a photo of Maroon Bells. Maroon Valley has a beautiful reflective lake with two gorgeous peaks, Maroon Peak and North Maroon Peak, both of which are 14ers towering over 14 feet high. They were actually named... what?
1: You said 14 feet high.
0: Towering over 14,000 feet high. They were actually named for their bell-like shapes and reddish color. This is why they're called Maroon Bells. They're located in the White River National Forest, about 12 miles from Aspen, Colorado.
1: This can be accessed by driving or taking the shuttle, then hiking a bit to Maroon Valley. In the summertime, a shuttle from Aspen Highlands runs from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and as far as things to do, you can go for a hike or bike ride along any of the six scenic trails or enjoy some camping at various camping sites that are available. During the winter, you can snowshoe, snowmobile, or cross-country ski Maroon Creek Road to get to the valley. But our favorite time to visit is in late spring or early summer, when you are surrounded by fields of blooming wildflowers.
0: And it is a really picturesque valley. So that's why it is the most photographed, just because it has the most beautiful pictures. I mean, you have mountains, water, (laughs) everything you can think of, sunset, sunrise. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, like when you say generic picture, it it is Mm -hmm. generic Rocky Mountains, but it doesn't take away from any of the beauty that it actually is. Mount Crusted Butt.
0: No it's Mount Crested Butte
1: Mount Crested Butte. <laughs> Mount Crested Butte is known for its super pointed shape and it sits at 12162 feet so it is about 2,000 feet shy of being a 14er but it doesn't make it any less grand or any more daunting to have to climb. It is located in the iconic mountain town of Crested Butte Shocking yeah and name yeah big shock there. <laughs> Just north of Gunnison National Forest, the mountain is home to the Crested Butte Mountain Resort and offers summer activities and skiing in the winter.
0: It is home to lots of wildlife and is far less crowded than the other mountain destinations we mentioned here. You can come for the Summer Wildlife Festival or the Winter Skiing and then, of course, hike Mount Crested Butte for yourself. At number four, Long's Peak is another one of Colorado's famous 14ers and reaches 14,259 feet high. It is known as being the highest point in Boulder County, Colorado, and is the only 14er in Rocky Mountain National Park. It is located nine miles south of Estes Park and southwest of Loveland, Colorado. It is one of the three 14ers that you can see from many locations along the Front Range.
1: The hike up to the summit called Keyhole Route is a long 14 and a half mile round trip and a very risky climb, even for experienced hikers. For a less intense hike, check out the 2.8 mile Mills Lake Trail, which has amazing views of the peak from all different sorts of angles. And even though it's the only 14er that is within the Rocky Mountain National Park, when you're there in the National Park, You'd think all of them would yeah, be fourteen. Years. It doesn't
0: feel like that. They're yeah. all grand and huge.
1: Yeah, you could you probably couldn't point it out because they just look so enormous when you're that close to them.
0: Well, going back to the original definition of mountain, it had to be more than what, two thousand feet in elevation. And we're talking about two thousand feet difference between a twelve thousand and fourteen thousand foot mountain. Right. So it's like a whole mountain difference between mm-hmm. them, but it doesn't even see in that Nope. Way.
1: Up next at number five is Mount Evans, which comes in at a whopping 14,271 feet high. If you ever wanted to drive over a mountain, Mount Evans makes this possible. The Mount Evans Scenic Byway is known as the highest paved road in the United States. The peak is located near the mountain town of Idaho Springs, one of my favorite cool little towns Mm -hmm. in the state, just west of Denver on the interstate I-70. Just continue along Mount Evans Road past Echo Lake to reach the mountain. Mount Evans is a frequently visited and hiked mountain due to being this close to the Denver metro area, but despite this fact, you can still expect to see black bear, mountain lion, bighorn sheep, and white-tailed deer, so plenty of wildlife.
0: And number six is Mount Elbert. Mount Elbert is the tallest mountain in the state of Colorado at 14,440 feet high, and it is on the list of the top 20 highest peaks in the lower 48 states. The hike to the summit is 4.5 mile trail with an elevation gain of more than 4500 feet along the way so definitely not for the faint of heart Um, still compared to the other mountains on our list here mount elbert gets the nickname of being a gentle giant since many of the climbing routes are much less intense one of the best ways to see the peak is actually from the window of the leadville colorado and southern railroad which weaves its way throughout the mountains for a two and a half hour train ride which is very picturesque and amazing if you've never done it. Mount Albert is located in the San Isabel National Forest, southwest of Leadville, Colorado, and the Twin Lakes.
1: So one thing that I want to note is that there are many famous mountains that are not going to be mentioned in this podcast because they are ski resorts, which are already famous and already frequently visited Mm -hmm. uh, year-round, like Copper Mountain or Silverton Mountain. So these ones, they are indeed mountains,
0: And popular.
1: And popular. But because they're also just, you know, a resort, people already know about them. People Mm -hmm. see it. People like... Visite them all the time. Yeah, that's what it's known for rather than being known for something different.
0: Let's move on to some famous Colorado mountain ranges, because this is a topic I wanted to cover personally, because sometimes moving here for the first time, I didn't know what the mountain ranges were called. I knew individual mountains sometimes, but the whole range or, you know, a bunch of mountains together, I didn't know what they were.
1: Yeah, a lot of people think that Colorado has strictly just the Rocky Mountains, and that is the only mountain range that goes through it. But in fact, there are many more. I don't know what constitutes um, like separate mountain range. But it has to do with probably geology and the way that they were formed and if they have any sort of separation from a continuous chain or something.
0: Mm -hmm. The San Juan Mountain Range can be seen when driving through southwest Colorado along the Front Range. And on a clear day, you can even see them from Colorado Springs and we have from our house and other places in the city. The range connects cities like Durango and Silverton, and it is part of the San Juan Skyway Scenic Byway, which we talked about in a previous episode. What a
1: mouthful, by the way. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and it forms a 233-mile loop in the southwest part of the state. The peaks in the San Juan Mountains are notoriously steep, so be prepared when you go climbing or hiking on them. And many of the peaks were explored and panned for gold and silver in the early 1900s.
1: I kind of wanted you to say this, because I'm just going to laugh. I'm going to do it. I'm I'm committed.
0: Yeah.
1: At number eight is the Spanish Peaks. And the Spanish Peak are a pair of mountains located in southwest Colorado and are often called breast-shaped hills or the breasts of the earth. They could have just gone with Twin Peaks. I think that would have been. I
0: know. Uh...
1: Now, these two peaks are the West Spanish Peak, which reaches 13,626 feet high, and it is the easternmost mountain that's over 13,000 feet in the United States. And East Spanish Peak, right next to it, reaches 12,683 feet high. The Spanish Peaks became a national natural landmark in 1976 and are an important landmark of the Santa Fe Trail, which stretches from Missouri to New Mexico.
0: The most popular trails you can hike with views of the Spanish Peaks include the Hogback Nature Trail, which is an easy two-mile hike in Lanthrump State Park, and La Veda Loop Trail, which is an easy to moderate three-mile hike. The peaks can be seen on very clear days, from Colorado Springs or Alamosa and all the way down to Raton, New Mexico. At number nine, we wanted to mention the Continental Divide. So it's also known as the Great Divide, and it essentially separates the Pacific Ocean from the Atlantic Ocean, stretches all the way from Canada down to the Gulf of Mexico and beyond. The Rocky Mountain Range forms a significant part of the Continental Divide in Colorado and New Mexico. And you can hike over the Divide via the Continental Divide Scenic Trail, which spans over 3,100 miles of hiking, biking, and camping.
1: Imagine doing that. Let me... I mean, that makes the Appalachian Trail look puny. hmm Sheesh.
0: Or you can drive over the Trail Ridge Road and get out to view the Divide from a distance and take photos. Uh, fun fact, the Trail Ridge Road is the highest continuous paved road in the U.S. Or you can skip the I-70 traffic and drive through Loveland Pass, which is a series of twisting and winding roads that meets up with the Divide at 11,900 feet.
1: At number 10, and our final one, is the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Which are the southernmost range of the Rocky Mountains and contain several fourteeners. Sangre de Cristo is Spanish for "Blood of Christ," and they received this name from their reddish color that was very bright during sunrise and sunset. As Colorado, as you know, used to be a, a Spanish territory,
0: mm-hmm.
1: these mountains stretch 225 miles from Salida, Colorado, all the way down to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and are one of the longest ranges in the world. They're home to some of the best rock climbing, downhill skiing, and white water rafting, with hundreds of miles of trails for biking and hiking.
0: All right, to wrap up every show, we like to end with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado. So we're going to share one of our favorite ways to see the vastness of Colorado mountains, which are the scenic overlooks near Divide, Colorado. As you make your way into the mountains via I-70, you can pull off at any one of these stops and take in those super breathtaking views and really picturesque mountain ranges. Um, You can even take pictures, a video, or anything that you'd like. At one of the locations, there are some signs that detail the history of the peaks and local trails nearby. This outing makes for a fun and completely free getaway destination to explore some of Colorado's famous mountains.
1: All right. That pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources we shared, visit our website, hashtag Have you been to any of these famous mountains? We'd love to hear about your experience over on Instagram at hashtag ColoradoLife.
0: Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and explore some of Colorado's awesome mountains.